Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today I'm going to have an exciting conversation with two founders, co-founders and partners. Uh, we're joined by Shaisa Khan Osman and Osman Osman, the CEO of MD respectively uh, of Blue Blood Entertainment. So Blue Blood Entertainment is an artist and events management company created originally in South Africa over a decade ago. They both have over 35 years of combined experience as producers of shows, marketing, communications, uh, and hospitality and logistics. Uh, the two pillars of Bluebird, uh, Osman and Shaisa, have continuously thought out of the box and have built the brand into innovative lifestyle and management empire. Uh, today, we'll, t on the, we'll talk about their story. We'll also talk about their events business during uh, COVID, uh, as is the current situation, and what's next for the company in the region. Good morning, Osman. Good morning, Shaista. Thanks for joining. Good morning, Richard. Thank morning, you for having Richard. us. Thank you for having us. So, what's it like running a company together? <laughs> Exciting, challenging, wonderful, and crazy. <laughs> you know, Richard, uh, you know, being married and working <laughs> together, <laughs> um, you know, it has its perks, I, I would say, from my point of view, um, because you know, there's your personal aspect of life and then there's the business aspect of life. <laughs> and when the personal aspect, when you're in trouble as a husband, right, uh, my advice is, or what I do is, I always bring up the weirdest or the most strangest thing that I'm going to do within the business. So when Shaista, as my wife, is not talking to me, <laughs> she always talks to me about business. Okay. So I get the silent treatment, I go like, you know the company we bought, or the one that we start, or, or, or whatever deal we got. I'm closing it, or I'm selling it off, or whatever. And I'm doing the stupidest thing. I'm selling it for one dollar, and all of a sudden she starts talking. And then the other perk of it all is I get to sleep next to my boss every day. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting dynamic. We don't often have uh, co-founders and partners, so that's why I opened with it. But it's an interesting dynamic, and that's a clever tactic. <laughs> well done. <laughs> So you're never in trouble, like I never get the silent treatment. Yeah, yeah. Well, apart from his tactics, um, <clears throat> excuse me, apart from his tactics, um, it's, it's a wonderful journey because not only do you get to grow as a couple, but you get to grow individually with the support of someone that loves, trusts, and wants your best interest at heart. So it is really, really, you know, when, when people call us a power couple or building an empire, it is really the heart and soul of uh, Blue Blood as a family that we've built over the span that we know each other. And, and I think ideally, um, you know, working together as well as you know being you know being married. Um, the bottom line of it all is you need to know when to switch off. You need to know um, you know there's a personal life and that's your you know that you, that you're growing together and there's a business element of it. Uh, sometimes it gets confusing because you don't know where to stop. I hear, as, as we hear some kids in the background, can you, can you switch off, especially, you know, as a founder, can you switch off? Do you draw lines? Do you, you know, you're working now today and it's a long weekend in, in Dubai. So 
Is there a line or do you kind of just have a harmony between everything? You know, that's the beauty part of being uh, the, the better parts of a power couple. And I know I've used this a second time, sorry. <laughs> but um, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty part is that when we don't necessarily need to be firing at all cylinders at all times because we get to be the better part of each other's yin to yang. You know, so Osman can be going like a boy and I can kind of take my foot off the petrol for a little while or, or off the gas, whatever the case is, and vice versa. So it's, it's really a, a fantastic dynamic. But uh, when we both got like giving it our all, that is when we are producing at a show, uh, you know, at the best of times. And uh, the beauty part of our blessed industry is that we are in the industry of making people happy. Yeah. So, you know, you know, the, the, the mindset is, I think, especially with us is we love what we do mm -hmm. and growing our business, uh, being part of it. It's, it's, it's not, it's work. It's not work. You're not taking it that from eight to five on doing things. Yeah. And even if you're going at a, to late and there's meetings and you, you know, being a showman about it and, and going out and, and doing things, you know, we're doing it together, but and it's things Richard, that we love. This is the born show. <laughs> This is the born showman. I promise you that. Uh, Frank Sinatra's There's No Business Like Show Business is this man's not only ringtone, but theme song for life. Okay. You, you, you know, I think with, with, with the coronavirus, you know, unfortunately from an entertainment point of view, globally that has become non-existent. Um, you know, now certain countries, especially in Dubai, we've been blessed that, you know, the leadership has been at the forefront of getting things to a new normal and being precautious and having safety uh, at the top, you know, at the top level of it all. Uh, but around the world, entertainment has not taken off. Um, you know, Broadway's closed, um, yeah. the West in, in, in the UK's closed. I mean, 90% of the country's entertainment, exist, uh, entertainment industry is non-existent. Yeah. Um, so with Corona having given us that setback, we've also innovated mm -hmm. and pushed forward um, into new spheres and, you know, um, try to, to, to build our business and keep our brand alive. Uh, I think that's, it's a year of survival. Mm. Interesting. And we'll go into that in, in more detail. It'd be great to get your views on how the industry is going to play out because we see challenges in cinemas and other, other uh, entertainment and shows. However, just to go back a little bit and to explain Bluebirds, but firstly, how did it, was it the relationship first or the business first? And how did Bluebird start? <laughs> so, <laughs> nice, nice, nice chuckle, this one. <laughs> so loud. <laughs> um, budding friendship. Yeah. To um, falling madly in love, if, if I can say that. You fell in love first, by the way. <laughs> no, I can't. It was, it was absolutely mutual. Um, and, you know, uh, we kind of had a rocket speed romance into a beautiful marriage and a beautiful life and a coming together of families as marriage does bring that. Um, <clears throat> and you know, it, Osman had his amazing company and I had mine. Uh, and it was both in entertainment. So ideally we come yeah, from yeah. A, a small community within South Africa. Um, and you know, the, the dynamics of South Africa is um, you know, communities all live together. 
and we grew up in that environment, but we never knew each other. We both went to school in the same areas. And uh, years later, uh, we met each other by coincidence at a mutual friend who we both doing business with. He used to do our design and artwork. And both of us were in events. Chester was more in the corporate event scene, and I was more in the community events and comedy stuff. Um, and growing up not knowing each other for those years and uh, i always believed at the time that i was the showman from a very young age um and everyone in my community knew me and, and shasta said he is our community's love child <laughs> i've come to know and understand and love and appreciate it as well um but at the time i never heard this guy i like i heard his name obviously because he was doing the shows and people would say to me you know my family would say we're going for the show and uh, you know, Osman Square, as he was lovingly known at the time because of Osman Osman, right? So it was known as Square. Uh, Square's doing the show. So when we met at this, um, well, we didn't meet actually. I went to do business and he was there doing business. <laughs> and I was talking to this mutual friend of ours and he kept responding. And I just turned around and very abruptly, which is unlike my character, but I kept getting interrupted, right? So I turn around and go, dude, who are you? And the whole store. So, so the, the whole store, it was, it was actually funny because there's probably around 30 people that I, were in the store. They go and say, you don't know him? No, and I tell, they, they, they all go, they all go, literally, they all go, you don't know Osmond Square? And I swear I felt it was staged. I felt like I was in a rom-com, comedy, sitcom, something like this. And I just look around and I go, what the dickens is going on here? And I look at this friend of ours, Rashid, and I say, what is going on? And he burst out laughing and he goes, Osmond Square is like the love child of our community. How do you not know him? And, and to me, I, I was shocked because, <laughs> you know, I started very young as an entrepreneur, not... Um, you know, it, it was by, I had to do it. I had to grow up early. I come from uh, a broken home. I had a lot of responsibilities. And um, the bottom line of it all is I built myself in the community as a community youngster that was being entrepreneurial, that was doing events. And Shasta um, claimed not to know me uh, <laughs> at the time. She still sticks by that story. Uh, but, you know, from there, our friendship started. And it was, I was very, um, I was building myself in the South African community, uh, South African comedy market. Mm. Um, and Chester was doing a major charity event. UNICEF? Uh, no, no. It was uh, Childline at the yeah. time. I had just come off the back of a contract with uh, UNICEF and FIFA for the child-friendly spaces for the 2010 World Cup, which was an amazing, amazing event, um, amazing experience to be a part of. Uh, so humbling and so encouraging all at the same time. It really put South Africa in a light that is truly South Africa. Yeah, it was also the culture and many people remember the Vivisuelas and the Yes, the And Chester was doing this this Childline event yes. with, uh, it was, I remember it was the safety houses or safe houses this, for women. It was the Sunlight Safe Houses, so it was Women's Month in South Africa, which is in August. And um, there is a hundred, at the time it was 108 uh, women that took in children from all walks of life. Right. So I had put together a kind of a give back, kind of a day of spoils and treats and, and wonderfulness, you know. 
Yeah. And I went to this friend of mine and I said, you know, you're a funny guy. Uh, why don't you, because like in, in all our friendship and banter, he's a really hysterically hilarious guy. I said to him, you know, I need a comedian. Why don't you be my comedian for this event? And, and I just started with, with South African comedians. I mean, so the likes of Trevor Noah and, uh, you know, Riyad Moussas. And there was a whole host of, uh, of South African comedians. And I, I turned around and said, well, I'll get you the comedian. No, no. He goes, I'll get you, I'll get you the comedian. And I go, who are you? So, so I did this, this trade-off with her saying, I'll get the comedian for free. And I was thinking, well, they're all my friends. I'm going to pay them. They're going to do this for me. So put my logo on your advertising. And then I called around and uh, I was going to get Trevor that day. And there was a whole host of, I had all these comedians ready. And then finally, I just had to pay for the comedian. It was just like, all my friends, they all just come for free. One phone call and I do it, they just come. But, you know, the back end story was... Yes, it was the, I think the best investment I made um, in life um, from that point. Needless <laughs> to say, the event was a phenomenal success. The women were really, really pampered, and uh, Osman's intent in um, impressing me, but also helping a good cause, was definitely felt by everybody. And that, I think that was the takeaway from that. And uh, I think a really beautiful budding start to... Yeah. What is and what you see before you today? Yeah, so it's a nice story. Yeah, it's a not, I can see how it kind of went from there. Did, when did Blue Blood, uh, Blood start? Was that the start of it? And how do you define, together, how do you define uh, an events and entertainment business? And how has it evolved? So Blue Blood started in 2009. Um, we, got, we met in 2010, got married in 2011. And, and at that point, I had uh, my own brand. Shasta had her own brand. Um, it was a merriment of minds. I think we both had that eventing background, and we were yeah. doing that for a number of years combinedly. And you know, I wanted to keep my brand. My brand at that point was was, was everything, and and so was was Shasta's. Mm. And we were both helping each other at. Chester was doing events, I was doing events, but we were pushing our own company names and our own, um, you know, our own brands out there. And it was in, in 2011 um, that, uh, that we decided that, you know, we need to come together. We're helping each other. We're working together. Um, it's no use having two separate entities. Um, so we decided the better of the two stays. And, uh, you know, Blue Blood, which, you know, Shasta built on, on the theme of royalty. Um, was then, you know, we merged and yeah, I wear the logo proudly. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, so, so yours was a corporate and Usman, yours was more into comedy and entertainment. Yes. It, was that the full offering at the start? Uh, and so, how, how competitive and how easy was it? How difficult was it to kind of break into the event space in South Africa? So, South Africa is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. And so are our people. Um, and in saying that, you know, we, um, it's, it's, again, it's a really beautiful story. I'm going to have him say it. Uh, we, we had come back from the gym the one night and it was before we actually got married. Yes. And he was saying, so you know. Th th that's when we broke into the, the Bollywood sort of uh, market. Sorry. Yes, yes, go for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to, to break into the industry, I think to a certain extent, it was easy because we were young. People back, you know, believed they wanted the entrepreneurial spirit. But it was also difficult because you were coming into an industry that was 
dominated by people that were there for a number of years. Mm. And the barrier to entry was just a little bit harder, um, you know, from, from, from that point of view. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of advantages to South Africa and there's a lot of disadvantages. And we come, you know, from a disadvantaged background. And we pushed and we went out. And, and you know, we, like Chester said, when we started in the Bollywood industry, um, we were sitting at a home, we just come back from, from gym and there was, you know, at that point, my family was now saying, you know, we have to get married and we wanted to, and we were going to go and propose for Shaista and do the, the Indian, the, the engagement. And I, I made a joke to say, you know, my, my mom's going to come with all of these gold jewelry because, you know, the, you know, the Indian sort of tradition is the gold jewelry. And I said, they're going to be singing the song Chandi Jesa Rang, which, um, you know, means like your hair is made out of gold. And, when, you know, um, it's, it, it, the song is by a very, very, I would say, a legendary artist by the name of Pankaj Judas. And at 11 o'clock at night, I jumped up and said, I'm going to do your show. <laughs> I'm going to do this guy's show. And I went to the internet and not having that relationships in India, there wasn't anything that was harnessed. Uh, there was no one I could pick up the phone to and say, I want to get to an artist or whatever the case may be. And the world had become smaller with the likes of the internet and Facebook. And I went and searched and searched and searched until I got to his official website, till I got to his artist management. I woke up at six in the morning and called their offices because there's a four hour time difference and booked the show, mm. which uh, w was our first Bollywood event um, in 2011, 2011, um, wow. in April 2011. And from there, the journey had uh, started with entertainment and we diversified our business. Um, it was just myself and Chester at yeah, the time. Yeah. We did everything. So we were literally the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker and everything in between. <laughs> it, it was just the two of us. and. We were coming into this environment of PR and marketing. I mean, I remember days where me and Shaista used to jump in the car with, you know, with the posters. And we used to go to all the traffic signals uh, within Johannesburg. This literally happened. And, 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 and I'd take these cable ties and I'd stand and then tie them because I felt I could do it better because if I was driving, I would want to see that poster at that traffic signal. So everyone would want to see it. Um, yeah. And we would sit, you know, start at seven in the morning and start doing PR and calling media houses and radio stations to get interviews. Um, so, you know, the journey was when people say, where do you come from? And that, which, that's what we find. So like, where did you come from? It's always that 10 or 15 years of hard work mm -hmm. that no one actually seen you put in. Yes. Um, and then they're like, where did these people just come from? You see, it's, it's always the perception that, oh, boom, here you are, you know. But it's not, it's not, it's, it's literally from us, it's uh, digging the trenches together, growing the ranks together, building, harnessing relationships over time. And you know, the beauty part of being in Dubai, I always say this to him and I say it, it's his hard work because he really harnessed those relationships. He made sure that over these, these, this decade and these years, um, he's had and has come to grow a network of people that he can pick up the phone to and say, listen, I need this artist, I need to get to this person, or I need an introduction to that person, or can I introduce you, you know? And one beautiful aspect that Osman will always do is if someone sends him a Facebook message, he'll always respond to it. Okay. Because he was the guy and that was his barrier to entry. 
in the comedy industry with Riyad Musa. Um, and it was really, really amazing because he really just pageant Riyadh yes. for a period, so, I think, of three years. You, you know, <laughs> uh, and I said this previously, um, you know, you know, with technology and the world, um, with Facebook, and I have this, whenever anyone sends me a message, I always respond to it because I was the guy in 2007 that would send people a, a, a message via social media. And I perceive them to be titans of industry. I perceive them to be the person that you wanted to be your mentor, people that you wanted, um, you know, to, to 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 work with. They never responded back to me. Um, and 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 now I said, you know, I mean, you respond to everyone, and a lot of opportunities come out of it, my dear. Yeah, it's interesting. You're talking about. I'm sure these traits are still with you now about attention to detail. Uh, you know, having that one-to-one -one relationship with people at different parts of your business, even as you know, as the industry evolves, uh, just to get a sense of sort of South Africa and then Dubai in Bollywood, uh, was there an appetite for it? Were there people doing what you did before? And can, for people who aren't too familiar with Bollywood, apart from the movie industry, uh, you know, the, the Bollywood and what you're talking about is live music, is comedy, is entertainment, is, is more than uh, the movie in business. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, look, I think Bollywood, and I was just saying this to him this morning, actually, okay? just yeah. this morning. Um, I said, you know, Bollywood has always been the mystery and mystique of romance and love and, and passion. <coughs> and it's always been, you know, he said, uh, he said something so cute that was in an Indian movie once very, very, very <laughs> many years ago. He said, East or West, India, India is, is the, the best. best. <laughs> and, I, and that just took me back. It took me back to my childhood of yeah. seeing these phenomenal Bollywood actors and actresses and their beauty and good God, we didn't know at the time, I mean, being kids, you know, we didn't know that they weren't singing the blooming songs. Uh, and you just sat there and you're thinking, oh my God, you're beautiful. You can... You can interact so well, sure. and then you sing like a nightingale, you know? And I think that was really the, the premise of where this beautiful industry, this blessed industry that we are in now, uh, yeah. stem from, you know, where playback singers can come to cities all across the world. And, and they've built their fan following. They've and built... Bring uh, that magic and mystique to, to a stage. You, you know, I... Sorry. You know, with, with, with yesteryear back in the, the Bollywood environment, people looked at, you know, the only access that they had wasn't, I mean, wasn't, it wasn't accessible now with the likes of YouTube and the social medias mm -hmm. and the out there was on that VHS cassette. And people never really knew or cared much about the person behind the voice, right? And now, over the last decade, um, you know, people have built the fan following and realized, yes, there's the Shah Rukh Khan and the Salman Khans of the world. But there's also the musicians and the artists that are singing behind them. And that has expanded into a billions of dollar industry across the globe. Um, you know, whether it be uh, just South Africa or in the Middle East, they're performing everywhere. Can I ask you something? Do you remember those VHS cassettes and sitting at the radio back in the day and <laughs> pressing rewind and play and record? Do you remember any of that? Or am I showing my age here? No, I'm probably the same age for a concert. 
remember very well, and I think uh, it's interesting how media evolves, but the talent and the content can kind of uh, transcend that as well. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting for people uh, to understand how Bollywood is an international brand and seeing the appetite, not only in Dubai, which we're aware of uh, as we live here, but also in, in South Africa as well. And to know that there's a demand for that type of content there, it's very interesting. You know, um, you, you know, South Africa has a very rich and deep uh, heritage that comes from India. Um, it's actually the 160th year that Indians have descended into South Africa. And, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a known fact that um, in South Africa, a place called Durban, beautiful city, um, you know, there, there's, it's, there's it's, more, yeah. you know, in Mumbai, you have a lot of Indians. And then the second place, we always, you know, it's a joke, it's in Durban. Um, you know, South Africans came in, or South African Indians came in 160 years ago as in, indigenous laborers to cut sugarcane mm. on the farms. And it has evolved, and the heritage and tradition is still there. It's still alive, whether, you know, we third generation South I African. Think, I think the beauty part is also, it's evolved into something unique. As much as the um, roots and heritage and culture will always be there, it is now not only an Indian culture, but it's a South African Indian culture that is a beautiful blend and mix of our African heritage as well. That's why, you know, we, I feel like we are unicorns in Dubai, you know, we're not Pakistani, we're not Indian, um, we're South African, you know, and that comes with a, with a mix of, of, of color and fusion and, and history and intrigue all at the same time. Uh, and, and you know, the standing joke of, at least we don't have it in, in Dubai, but we, we we, pre-COVID we travel a lot. And the minute you say you're from South Africa, um, two things happen. They either tell you about their friend that they know in Zimbabwe <laughs> or Zambia, and do you know him? Because they think South Africa and Africa is one continent. And the other is like, so there's lions that walk on the street with you. And I'm like, yes, and you can pet them as you're walking. <laughs> and it didn't help us that there was... It didn't help us that there was an actual South African production where they had a lion in the middle of the street in, in Johannesburg city center, you know, so it didn't help our cause. <laughs> no, not at all. At what point did you choose to move to Dubai? And, you know, early noughties, your, your business is taking off. You've got a community. Businesses like yours, you know, the community around you is important, as, as I kind of see in Dubai. And it's hard to kind of look at a new... Uh, country and then just asking about why Dubai because India is a market that's emerging or nearly emerged in terms of the size and the opportunity were you tempted to kind of uh, take what you've done successfully in South Africa and maybe do it in India as well you, you know our, our business evolved uh, at a, such a rapid rate from an entertainment point of view and it opened up into a number of facets within South Africa and we felt we had, not being, you know, uh, 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 being over the top, but we had conquered those industries. And our business was stagnating, uh, you know, with the grace of the almighty. Um, we felt that we were stagnating as individuals because it became monotonous in terms of what we were doing. You know, we had um, established ourselves in the print and design, uh, PR, marketing, you know, um, with our entertainment business. And we wanted to be the global players, and we decided to come out into Dubai. And the next can, step, yes. yes, the the like the organic next step for us was 
venturing out into international Just markets. Okay. So look, we have our sites set on various different countries, uh, but we wanted Dubai to be the first for us, you know. Um, we want to venture off into a few islands as well as obviously into the UK. Okay, um, and then saying that uh, the Middle East is um, really a fantastic footing to really get your feet wet uh, in the international market because it kind of brings the global space into one country. Especially with Dubai. You know, Dubai <clears throat> is at the center, I would believe Dubai is the center point of the world mm. because, you know, coming in and, and setting up in Dubai um, gave you that footprint to look at other markets, mm. look at other regions. Whereas being um, within South Africa, yes, there's opportunities there, but we out here, you know, doing things and, and, and trying to make things happen. <laughs> and what year did you move here or have you moved per permanently? Uh, well, we kind of be between the two, but now with COVID uh, being what it is at the moment, we are rooted firmly in Dubai. Yeah. And, and happily so, we, you know, this past couple of months globally and on a humanitarian and a very human level has been very humbling, I'm sure for all of us, we can all agree on that. Um, but in Dubai, it has really been awe-inspiring because the leadership here, the government, the people, and when I say the people, I don't only mean the Emirati people, the entire global community that is here has really come together to keep each other safe, to be conscientious, to be kind, to be considerate towards each other. And that has been, um, I think, very, very inspiring for us yeah. uh, as a family and as entrepreneurs. Yeah, nicely said. I think, I think you echo a lot of sentiment that people are feeling. They feel not only very safe in Dubai in general, but a, a real, an extra kind of concerning aspect yeah. of, uh, you know, yeah, we work with different government entities and their only focus at the moment is the health and safety of, of individuals. And I think that shines through. I think it's really, really, um, yeah, impressive. You know, uh, on that note, we did one of the first, or the first yes, Bollywood show, yeah. um, COVID consciousness. And we it coined was, the phrase. <laughs> it was with Sonu Nigam. <laughs> yeah. It was, it has become the new normal and it's become the blueprint that promoters and countries around the world are trying to replicate. Mm. Um, you know, they've taken it from Dubai. Um, doing the Sonu Nigam event, we come, we've done hundreds of events, you know, whether it's locally or internationally, uh, international artists. It was that much difficult doing because you weren't just marketing the event, mm. you were marketing how safe you're going to be within yeah. that environment. Um, you were taking a venue which had four and a half thousand people and you were now putting a thousand people and you had to make that work from a, a numbers point of view, whether it was financially uh, and a break-even point of view. Um, and, and, and that's what it's going to be going forward, I think, for the, for the short term, uh, up until there's a vaccine. Wow, with God's grace. <laughs> you know, um, that's how entertainment's going to be done, the new socially distant events. And uh, it was quite a task, but it was a challenge that we loved. <laughs> it was a challenge that we pulled off. I think it was, wasn't it? It was, it, was, it was in the middle of the summer. One of our colleagues... It was in August. It was in August. Like, Everyone around the world turned around and said, Dubai is crazy. These blue blood guys are crazy. How the hell are they going to get it right? 
And we had that support. We had that support from the Dubai government. We had yeah. the support from the likes of DTCM, the venues. Um, they were there. They wanted to see how this would be done. And we all collectively did it in the safest possible way. Um, and it's become a blueprint. It's become uh, that blueprint that event organizers and venues across the world are looking at. And we get calls all the time asking, these are, this is what we think you've done it, like help us, advise us. And we've been doing that. You know, from every single aspect of that particular show, from the rehearsals to the setup to the actual production of the show, uh, the logistics of the show, then the, the actual rollout of the, the production, every element was a complete new norm. And, and the amazing thing with that is uh, very, very soon people will be able to see that entire behind the scenes mm. as well as the concert because we're putting that up in one of the OTT um, uh, spaces where a COVID conscious show was done and how easy and difficult it was to, you know, to put it on within these environments and during this time. So, uh, you know, we had the entire thing recorded, it was shot um, in editing phases now, and, and, and everyone gets to share in that journey. I was going to ask, that's amazing that you're telling the story, and of course streaming and, and OTT and Connected TV is really popular now, and we had, um, we had the MD of Book My Show Middle East on, on this podcast a few weeks ago, and we discussed a lot about ticketing and virtual events. Uh, is that something that Blue Blood Entertainment are, is exploring as well, or are you focused on, uh, you know, new normal uh, concerts and, and shows? You know, we are very focused on partnering with the best of the best. And, you know, I think that that really um, resonates in Dubai, whether it is your, your venues, your ticketing partners, your PR, your marketing guys, um, it's really a culmination of coming together of, uh, to bring a show to life, right? And um, like I said to you, this one's a born showman. <laughs> and, uh, and I, uh, I suppose I, I am too a showwoman. <laughs> but in, in essence, we are very passionate about bringing people together to bring about a happiness. And yeah. that is our key and core focus. Because we always say that we're in a very blessed industry. Well, we're in the industry of allowing your memories and your reminiscence to come to life. Because you hear a song and um, it reminds you of your mom, your dad, your wife, your child. Everyone tells these things to, to their memories. But also with COVID, one of the things that we've realized at a business is that we need to evolve. We need to keep on figuring out how the new normal is. And yes, to answer your question, we are venture, or we have ventured into um, looking at different platforms, different avenues. And you know, in, in, in I think in the next two months, we launch with some major projects mm -hmm. within those within those spheres within the online space. Uh, within yes. the within the online spaces, because you know, we all never seen this coming. We never seen Corona coming. We never anticipated that. You know. I, we believe there was a problem that would have been sorted out in China um, and wouldn't reach anywhere across the world. Um, today, it's in every country uh, around the world. And we had to evolve and we needed to diversify 
um, in terms of business. And it's, it's all just this craziness um, in terms of, um, you know, with the, the online spheres, things that she's created. Well, uh, I'll take credit for one thing. <laughs> the, 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 the COVID conscious show. And I kept <laughs> harping on about COVID consciousness, COVID consciousness. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe it, the week of the show, all the articles that were written were COVID with consciousness. consciousness. <laughs> and he looked at me and he just said, this is your madness, you know, this, this COVID consciousness is your, your madness. It's a, a phrase that you coined when we started this three months back. And um, I said, you know, this is what we need to do because yeah. the word COVID or Corona is so uh, feared or, or people really just run a, kind of run away from it, you know. And I said, we need to own it. We need to own it because 2020 was the year, is the year that this is what was prevalent for all of us globally. Yeah. So if we are conscious of that, we have COVID consciousness. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it shows great resilience that you kind of, you know, you took that on early on. I think that's how businesses have survived during this, that they haven't necessarily hibernated, that they've made the best out of what they did. And whether it's doing what they did before in a COVID conscious way, now I'm saying it, <laughs> or if they're doing it with adding a bit of, you know, virtual or, or digital or just innovating within their business. I, I think um, what do you think of, uh, I meant to ask earlier when we're talking about Bollywood, is there, do you think there's an image crisis going on at the moment? Is there a bit of, um, you know, reshaping or rebranding needed or how do you see that at the moment? I think the, the, the world's in a reset. Everything's at a, at a reset in terms of it. Um, you know, yes, if you look at it, I think there's always been issues and in every industry. Um, I think and in every country. It, it, you know, there's, there's always been issues. Every day, what's happening in Bollywood, it's, 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 you know, Bollywood has always brought the drama. It's always brought the, the you know, pizzazz to it. So <laughs> it's living up to its true expectations of what it is. But it's not something that hasn't been there. It's been there for generations. Yeah. Um, just being now, there's more avenues for people to talk about it, mm. uh, for people to see it. Um, there's more channels uh, in terms of it. Before it was limited. So when you found out and then you'd had all of these magazines, there were these magazines that you could buy um, at the news newsstands many, many years ago. That was your form of getting the information. But it came down to you weeks later, months later. Now you get it as it goes. So, yes, I think there's a reshaping, I think, to a certain extent. Um, it, it needed to be done. But uh, I think it's always been. Um, you know, it, it's been there. It's just, you know, it's Bollywood, man. People love it. It's, it's yeah. entertainment. You know, sometimes you think, is this thing staged? Are they for real? <laughs> Look, I, I, do, I do think there's an, a, a jaw-dropping factor to all of this. And, uh, you know, people's lives have been affected by it. And that's no laughing matter. Mm. Uh, lives have been lost over it. And that is certainly very, very devastating to many people. Mm. And uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to all people who have been negatively affected by any form of it, you know. Uh, but in saying that, life evolves and changes every second of the day. Yeah. And I think you know, with this whole thing that's happening, the evolving and the the new, it's like my, my daughter tells me, she says, mommy, this chrysalis of this butterfly, this caterpillar, is going to become this butterfly. But you know, 
it's going to die along the way and then another butterfly will come. And that's the beauty of life. And that's the beauty of every single industry is that it evolves, it's a new, and then it changes again. Yeah. And it changes again. And I think this with Bollywood is, is, is pivotal for right now and it needs to be addressed well. And um, everyone having a, an opinion yeah. about it is going to be just that. But, it's an opinion. But I think, you know, if you take it not just in Bollywood, in, 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 in life today, um, you know, up until we all got put into lockdown and realized that, you know, Corona situation, everyone was just pushing away. There was no time to sit and look back and see what was going on. So a lot of people have um, found the inner self, have spoken out about it. And look, yeah. I mean, good things are still to come out of it. So You know, I feel like 2020 was that year for everyone where they felt, I know for us also, it felt like Icarus, like you were about to touch the sun. You were like... Yeah. Just, just there, almost, you know, and then, then you got burnt. and then God, <laughs> God went, go back to your face, <laughs> and, and it, it's a reset. It's a reset, and you know what? Nothing bad comes from a reset. I, I think I'm just asking. I know you you worked with different nationalities and you worked in comedy in South Africa, but <laughs> in particular and Indian culture, because you know in Dubai we cover a lot of it. We see the reaction when the stars come. The IPL has been huge, uh, so popular. These guys are international role models. And when we see uh, India as well, in terms of the global, uh, the global status quo, the geopolitical space and everything like that, and technology and investments internationally. And, you know, I think um, how stars and how celebrities are a national exports is important. You, we see with movies out of China. So, that's really why, why I'm asking about Bollywood and, and Dubai and UAE and the wider region is how these, the international exposure and attention on uh, an economy, uh, 1.2 billion people that's really emerging and is going to be a big player globally in the next decade or so. So yeah, not really a question, just really kind of, uh, yeah, just kind of a, a view that, you know, that there is, there might be, um, it's just interesting for the world to kind of see these stars and, and how they express themselves. You know, the, the thing is, um, I would say up until about 15 years ago, no one, you know, yes, people knew about Bollywood, but it was like an industry like in Nigeria, you know, the Nollywood. Nollywood. If you're Nigerian, you care about it, it means something to you. If you were Indian, Bollywood meant something to you. Bollywood, means it, it means something to you. But, Bollywood has now transcended into let's say, a billions of dollar industry. Yeah. It's transcended into everyone knows it. And the way they've placed it uh, is phenomenal. Like you said, you know, India is going to be uh, in the next decade, it will evolve, it will change, it will become more of a superpower. Um, they have more exports and they are role models. And, you know, it, it's very interesting to, to have witnessed that, you know, from our business mm. um, in terms of, um, you know, where the artists started off and where they are today. I mean, uh, I, I think like uh, an artist like Arjit Singh, right? Um, we did his first international concert uh, in South Africa. And at that time, he had one song. Today, he, you know, five years later, six years later, he's a, he's a global phenomenon. He is one of the most sought after, um, you know, 
playback musician singer um, and he's done shows across the world that you know they're sold out but he started off in ways it's, it's, it's a huge thing even if I can come to your your statement or question is that a lot of countries view artists and role models in different ways and being in Dubai um, has really showed me the real true beauty of how presentation is so important, right? I, as a South African Indian, used to follow South African bloggers and vloggers <clears throat> and some international Americans, some Europeans, some Indians, some Pakistani, you know, but I not necessarily would have gone and followed an Arab or Lebanese um, blogger, you know, and now I find myself following them more than anyone else because I'm in the region, right? And your geolocking picks up these people. And that is so important. That's so pivotal because as a role model, okay, and I, I see this now with the Emirates uh, Arab Woman Awards, and it was, and all the highlights that came along with that is you're talking about role models. This is such an amazing spectrum that you have and that we have in Dubai, because we don't only have uh, Indian or Pakistani or just one particular role model. It's a spectrum of yeah. life from all across the globe. And that is truly, truly amazing. I think you've captured exactly the Dubai melting pot and the diversity in the culture. Um, really nice to chat to you both. Uh, we will watch the documentary when it comes out, but this is another <laughs> and background to how the company is formed and pleasure speaking to you both it's been really pleasure. interesting conversation uh thank you um thank you so much for all the support you guys gave us with our our last event and you know there's a lot more to come out we've got up with COVID. you know having the blueprint um we've built that calendar that inter that, that calendar that roster so we've got a a great uh international calendar that's going to be released very shortly for blue blood uh not only africa but middle east as well and globally as well and uh we hope to have you guys part of that that event um looking forward to it i will attend more of them myself and uh, glad that they're organized in such a safe way thank you so much Come on and dance the Bollywood way with us, man. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> uh, two, left, two Irish left feet I have. <laughs> well, don't worry about your left feet. It's all in the shoulders. Yeah, it's all in the shoulders. That's it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. Cheers. Bye-bye. That's it for another episode of Dubai Works. Thank you so much for listening. And please leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening too it really helps with organic searches also if you'd like to appear on dubai works or know someone who has an inspiring business story in dubai please do get in touch on any of the smashy social platforms